Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, Parlor, and Instagram. And of course, be sure to visit www.mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. If I cannot inspire love, I will cause fear. Claire, don't run, sister. You found me, Percy. <laughs> what do you think of my not-so-humble abode? Byron does throw the best parties. <laughs> Someone tell me a ghost story. Scare us. I wish to tremble. It's the tale of a monster. Something dead. It was so alive. I feel like it's a story. My story. You need to enter the deepest and darkest corners of your imagination. Frankenstein. I never knew you had such darkness in you. It's already there. I must simply unleash it. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pekovic, and this is episode number 324. Out now on Shudder is A Nightmare Wakes, a gothic horror that tells the story of how Mary Shelley created Frankenstein during an infamous summer of 1816. Beautifully filmed and featuring featuring a terrific performance by Alex Wilton Reagan, A Nightmare Wakes delves into Shelley's creative process and psychological mindset with a potent mix of style and depth. And joining me now on the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is A Nightmare Wakes director, Nora Uncle. Nora, I thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. So Frankenstein, I mean, the creation has been such a long fixture in cinema for such a long time, um, but its creator, Mary Shelley, hardly looked at as a, a cinematic subject. What was it about her life and um, her artistry that really inspired you to make this movie? Yeah, so, you know, I'd always been a fan of Frankenstein and seen all the movies and I'd actually grown up with a young Frankenstein. As, as my main go-to. Um, but it was when I was uh, actually stuck in my apartment during Hurricane Sandy. And all I had was a copy of Frankenstein and a couple candles. And I started reading Mary's own foreword that she wrote in which, uh, you know, she talks about this dark and stormy night and in which she talks about kind of her own experience writing this and starting it. And I dived immediately into her history and found that she was a 19-year-old girl who was suffering from a, a severe miscarriage and uh, eventually from the loss of pretty much everybody she ever loved. And suddenly the story that had been about this kind of bumbling monster, uh, you know, became a completely different story. It became a, a story about motherhood and about a woman kind of finding her own voice in a world that didn't want to hear her voice. Mm. And I, I was fascinated that that wasn't something that we knew about. I, I was astounded that, you know, so few people even know that Frankenstein was written by a woman, much less that she was a 19 year old girl. Um, and I wanted to kind of bring her back out of the shadows of her own creation and give her her due justice. Playing the role of Mary Shelley is Alex uh, Wilton-Reagan. It's a really demanding role. Like, as you said, um, Mary Shelley went through quite a bit um, psychologically, uh, especially in regards to um, what, what happened with her during the process of um, creating the Frankenstein novel. Um, did you know Alex's work beforehand? How did you come about casting her in a role? 
You know, I actually hadn't known much about Alex beforehand, but I I was very diligent about finding the right Mary. Like you said, you know, the, the movie really depends on an incredibly strong per- performance by Mary. And I knew having, you know, written the script that there was a lot of trauma that she was going to have to dive into and, yeah. and she was going to have to show kind of a lot of nuance in order to not get portrayed in, in this kind of um, quote unquote crazy way, but to show actually the depth of what she was going through. Mm. And I remember we, we had so many auditions. We had so many tapes. I, I watched hundreds of them and Yet the moment that I saw Alex's face, something just clicked. And I was like, please tell me she is as good as I think she is. I want to hear this. And um, within a few hours, I got a tape from her. And and I just, I knew in seconds that she was Mary. And, and, and then when I had the opportunity to actually speak with her about it and find out just how much research and, and, and um, information she'd already gathered just from having read, you know, s- small portions of the script that she'd been given, um, I was just blown away. And so, you know, we kind of became a, a wonderful partnership through this. And and Mary was kind of our, our third person the entire time. Setting is a really important aspect to this movie. I mean, the scenes in particular um, by the lakes inside these kind of really kind of like beautiful kind of like architecture, um, uh, palaces, et cetera, off of Lloyd Brighton's. Um, where was that shot? Um, uh, and how was it trying to find, look, I imagine that uh, there's always, you know, with movies, independent features, always budget restrictions. Is it hard to find settings like that uh, for a, a film such as yours? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, it, it was one of the biggest challenges, but it was also ended up being one of the biggest blessings that we uh, found. We ended up shooting the whole thing in upstate New York. And we knew that although we'd have loved to be able to go to Geneva or even just, you know, to an English manor countryside um, house, we didn't have the opportunity to do that, as you mentioned, you know, budgetarily. And so we went about looking around New York and what Uh, there was to offer here. And we stumbled across Hyde Hall up near kind of the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, that's the claim to fame for Cooperstown. But um, Hyde Hall had been this manor that was constructed by an English lord who wanted to reconstruct his family's home from England uh, over in New York. Mm. And so it just, and it happened to be uh, already designed inside to basically our exact era. And then crazily enough, the first time we arrived there to see it, it's pouring rain. Mm-hmm. It's super gray and gross. And you look at it, the lake and it it honestly looked like just a moment frozen from Frankenstein, the novel. Mm-hmm. And and we walk inside and, and the uh, wonderful guys there, uh, Jonathan Maney, he goes, well, you know, we actually have a, a an original portrait of Byron in the study if you want to check it out too. And, and it just felt like there was just these, these moments of, oh, wow, this is inevitable. This is exactly where we had to be to make this. And so actually we ended up being able to shoot the entire thing there. They they were like, oh yeah, we have a chapel if you need a chapel. Oh yeah, we have a cottage that that works as well. You know, and so it all kind of got to be, uh, we got to be in this exact same spot for, for the 18 days and be able to see those views basically each and every morning and evening. 
That's really cool. I once talked to a filmmaker and they were filming in Los Angeles. They got fined for filming in a parking lot. <laughs> so I think it's really cool how everything just really worked out for you there. Um, you know, the film in the movie, reality really blends with nightmares and, and, and visions um, and they're really kind of striking. I, I really thought particularly the scenes where ink kind of mixes with blood, the stuff that are really kind of striking and stuck out to me. When it comes to those kind of ideas visually, how do you come up with that kind of stuff? Do you have a scrapbook? Do you storyboard? Um, is it written in the script? How does it all kind of come about? Yeah, oh, that's, you know, I haven't thought about that in a while. Um, I often use Pinterest as kind of a place to collect a lot of different imagery and mm-hmm. um, ideas kind of as original mood boards. Uh, my cinematographer and I uh, turned to a lot of different period piece films as well, ones that had kind of taken an edgier, darker turn to some of these uh, period piece stories rather than some of the more kind of flighty romantic ones. Um, But ultimately it was often uh, kind of turning again to um, Mary's own writings. You know, I I remember reading a uh, letter that she'd written that was about how, you know, the, the nightmare that we see through this film was actually something that she'd penned that she'd written about, um, as kind of the the inspiration for the original story, and uh, and I'd seen in that this this motif of of kind of ink bringing life, and um, and of this baby haunting her, and um, I then started looking at kind of the other weirdly kind of the liquids around her and how you know she she was basically constantly surrounded by ink, blood, and and water, especially water being kind of weirdly a thematic catalyst to death in her life. Mm. And so I wanted to bring those elements in and, and kind of give her this almost power of God through the power of ink, but then have this, the, um, the lack of power and the lack of will uh, as the creature does through blood and water. um, The film is um, made for your own uh, production company, Wild Obscura, um, founded in 2015. Um, And what is the philosophies behind how you want to approach your your work? Um, Is it going to be particularly based in the horror genre? Because I know you do podcasting as well and you have the Cryptids podcast as well. Is it horror that you're looking at specifically in regards to what movies you want to make for your production company? That's Thank you very much for seeing all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I'm really interested in more of kind of the genre aspect, not necessarily just straight horror. Yeah. I, I really liked that playing in these kind of two different worlds that of nightmare where it's it's horror, but not as we expect horror to be in this day and age, uh, but more horror as as Frankenstein originally was in the early 1800s. Yes. So for me, I really focus a lot on um, a lot of folklore, mythology, the kind of darker elements of, of kind of that magical realism um, that could possibly be real or could not. Um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to telling a lot of stories in this kind of dark and edgy vein, but really trying to bring female characters into roles that we might not have seen them in before and stretching the idea of what horror and what genre can be and what it can do. So for everyone out there listening, A Nightmare Wakes, available now on Shudder. I really recommend everyone check it out. And Nora, Uncle, I thank you very much for your time today. Congratulations with your movie, and hopefully we can talk more in the future and more films through Wild Obscura. Thank you so much, and thank you for your time.